to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you need to develop into a better leader, this podcast is for you. If you want to achieve a greater level of success, this podcast is for you. His mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell, said it best, everything rises and falls on leadership. We hope to inspire you today and provide you with an insight that has the potential to positively impact the trajectory of your life. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for um, being here. I am very, very excited uh, to have a great guest with me. And uh, his name is uh, David. David Valverde is the founder and CEO of Panos and also a member of the Forb Technology Council. How are you doing, David? Good morning to you. Doing very well. Thank you for having me. One, wonderful. Yes, as you know, this show is all about uh, leadership and success. And I feel like leadership is really the most critical skill uh, in the world. And there are about maybe 36,000 or so potential viewers for this live podcast. And a lot of people who follow me, uh, they really, really want to become a better leader. Some of them are just getting started right out of college and they have dreams of becoming a founder, CEO like uh, yourself. Uh, can you tell us more about your leadership journey, how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, so I can be as brief as possible when it comes to that question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I basically started while I was in college and I kind of always tried different ventures and, and while I was uh, going through my, my courses. Um, and then when we graduated, you know, you, you basically go through a fork in the road and you have to really figure out what you're going to do. It's really a time in your life when there's a lot of pressure from family, friends, and, and you're seeing, you're comparing yourself with everybody and you want to pick, make the right decision. But at the end of the day, um, you have to pick something that aligns with the aptitudes and what you're passionate about. And of course, something that has a, a large enough market demand. But I think my biggest advice when it comes to that is to while you're young or when you can, wherever you where, where wherever you're at is try to try a lot of different things so you can get more context about the market and more about yourself. And it'll allow you to make a better decision, um, more informed decision about your career, the more you know about yourself and your environment. So try everything, explore. That's, that's what I'll say about that. So how did you end up uh, being the founder for Panos? I know you guys do a lot of great work there with um, this, this display on, on cars. Where, where did the idea come from and how did you kind of build that business? Yeah, so, you know, the idea came from a, a lot of uh, different concepts and it ain't just come from a single person. It's a lot of different iterations. Um, we've kind of traveled to a lot of different countries and, and really talked to a lot of different potential customers from around the world and really picked their brain on what they wanted um, before we really truly built the, the, the minimal viable product or the technology itself. I mean, we built some of the technology, but not all of it. Um, and, and initially, I mean, when it comes to Pranos, we, we wanted to create something that allowed and empowered people, um, not only financially, but also uh, as far as and, and so they can are able to communicate their message just the same way you're able to to pick your clothes every day. Now you can uh, now your car can can basically communicate whatever message you want in, in high definition. And I, and I think that's powerful when it comes to uh, uh, the B2C side. So just to add to that, just because I think it is uh, relevant, 
um, if you kind of drive around any city around the world, any city, and you really start to pay attention to the signage and the messaging, it's all operated and ran and bought by businesses, right? Whether it's a restaurant or a new hospital or, or new laws or, or even the cars, it's like you see the big brand, whether it's Hyundai or Toyota, there's not a lot of personal expression when it comes to, to, the, to, the, to the urban areas. Um, other than perhaps your car, right? And perhaps what type of car you have. But um, I mean, psychologically, we, we, we all want to express ourselves and be more understood by our surroundings. And I think allowing people to do that with Pranos and having that footprint of, of the personal consumer, or from a personal consumer, um, I think that's what people love so much. I mean, we've been getting people signing up every day, but um, I think that's what it is. I think it's just there's a need for it um, when it comes to the outside world. I mean, we have it uh, in the digital world with, with social media, but it's still kind of non-existent in the outside world. So That is pretty cool. And I'm looking at your website right now, your story everywhere. So you mean to tell me anybody could play whatever video they want while they are driving for everybody outside to see? Correct. Correct. You could... Um, yeah, yeah, We're, we don't have any pre-approved videos. We, it's the same principle as buying a TV and a DVD player and, and playing whatever you'd like. Um, that's that's what we're doing at Prana. Wow, that is uh, uh, pretty pretty cool. Now, when you start a venture like this, two things I want to talk about. One is uh, the financing aspect. How do you raise money and make sure your company remains uh, profitable? Yeah. So when it comes to financing, um, you know, you, you basically have to go step by step. I think that's my, my biggest piece of advice. And that's what we've done as well. You want to go pre pre seed if you need it, but, or you, but you have to, you really have to raise your seed, your series a and kind of do that incrementally. A lot of people like to jump straight into a seed when they're not ready or straight into a series a when they're not ready. Um, a lot of these investors are looking, you have to meet a lot of prerequisites before it even makes sense. And uh, that's something I didn't really understand when I first started. I thought that you could just come in and, and raise a few, a few million dollars right out of the gate. Um, but what you have to understand is that these people, these investors, these financial investors, they want to see traction and they want to, the metrics have to align with their, their thesis and their, their portfolio and everything else. But um, really at the end of the day, what, what I'm really trying to communicate is that, um, you have to, I guess the best way to say it is you have to go step by step and raise just enough money to get you to that next stage, right? Whether, in, in, you know, what in each stage, you're going to have your own test. And if you don't pass that test, you won't be able to raise another round. Um, whether it's initial customers or building the product or whether it's generating that revenue or, or whether you got to uh, become cash flow positive or or, you know, there's different uh, milestones for each and depending on your company, depending on, on whatever it is. But and you have to just raise just enough money so you don't dilute too much, which is raise enough to uh, meet those meet those goals and, and make sure you bring in the right team to, to be able to do it in a lean way. Um, that's another thing that I think I see all the time with, with a lot of startups is they raise a lot of money and that they get into this mind mind state where they spend proportionally with how much they raise and then they end up not really even finding that product market fit because they just move too fast, spend too fast, make too many mistakes, bigger mistakes, 
then if you raise a smaller round and you kind of go step by step and you kind of are just more frugal about your uh, your your process and i think that is it, it kind of is a, a double-edged sword when you raise a three million dollar pre-seed mm-hmm. you know but that's just kind of from what i've observed so. We're going to get back to the idea of growing your own team and uh, making sure you are doing it in a lean way you know, compared to all of the revenues you've got. But uh, can you tell us about the uh, WeFunder page? Uh, you have, looks like you are raising money from anyone. Can you tell us how that works? Yeah, sure. So we are actually uh, registered with the SEC um, via RegCF, and WeFunder is the broker record. And... Uh, yeah, we opened that up because we wanted to to give uh, the community and people from around the world, a lot of our potential customers, a chance to buy a stake in our company um, via a convertible note. And it's been a really, really good experience. Um, WeFunder allows allows the process to be very seamless and allows it um, to be really allows you to to, to create your own terms. Um, you have to test your terms and and all that. There's a process when it when it comes to figuring out your terms, but it's been a it's been a really interesting experience, um, and and of course you know venture capital and 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 these type of uh, secondary markets, for example, are, are starting to get more popular um, now. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, feel free to check it out. Well, that is that is wonderful. So growing your your business, you are the founder, you are the, the CEO. How in the world do you lead a team? How do you uh, recruit? Uh, and retain uh, talent and, and making sure that you are not growing uh, too fast? Yeah, that is a good question. So, you know, what's interesting about what we're doing is we've been fortunate that when it comes to recruiting from the from the very beginning, um, it almost seems like it's all been kind of serendipi- serendipity when it comes to, to, to growing the team. I've always kind of just been big on, on, on ask and you shall find when it and uh, or seek you should find and if people come to me uh it's not like i allow everyone to join the team but for the most part if someone's very passionate and they want to be part of the team they usually are on the team and it it almost seems like that's how the team has been built is is just people have come to us and and they've just joined and and if if there's a fit and they get opportunity um we started soliciting um for, for roles, particularly for our internship roles and some engineering roles, supportive engineering roles. And of course, the, you know, through LinkedIn and, and that's been real successful. But when it comes to vetting talent, um, you know, one of the biggest things I look for is, is, is that the values are aligned and, and the mission is aligned with what they think and, and what they're able to contribute to the actual company. Um, but all, of course, yeah, just the, the tangible skills that they may possess. I think that's also very important. Um, and just overall, just to see that, that they're a fit with when, when it comes to uh, communication and, and being able to be coached by the rest of the team and being able to take constructive criticism, just somebody that 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 can see themselves as being a team player. I think that's a big thing. Um, and, and really the, the ability to learn. I think that's one of the biggest things. Just wanted to add this last bit is is um, some people are just you don't have to know it all because none of us will ever know it all. Um, but it's just the ability to learn fast and implement, uh, you know, extract information, implement, synthesize, and, and, and really collaborate in that way. I think when you find somebody that can, is, is a quick learner, is, it's really a, that's, that's, that's a huge find. So. 
Wow, you are truly a serial entrepreneur because I think you also founded right the uh, community for global uh, innovation. So, in all of the roles you've had up to this point, what do you think are some of the best tips about dealing with people and leading them? I know you you, you mentioned uh, team teamwork and really the desire uh, to uh, learn, um, but what else do you, do you think has helped you be successful being a uh, leader? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, when you're in the position of, of leadership, whatever capacity, whether whether you're a manager or C-suite or whatever the case may be, startup founder, um, I think the biggest thing is just to create uh, an environment for them to, for your team to thrive and be able to give the, uh, the right amount of resources for them to, to, to contribute to, to their, um, to the, to the larger mission. Um, and really at the end of the day, the, the way I've always looked at it is, as the founder, um, you know, I work for my team. Uh, it's not really the other way around. It's, you're really allocating capital. You're setting the, the mission. You're building the team. You know, um, you're kind of starting as a founder. You kind of start a lot of the processes you, um, and then you kind of delegate as you grow um, and you're leading from the front. I think uh, just creating that environment of transparency and, and really living up to the values that you preach, not just have posts around the office, but actually um, display them in your actions. And I think that's what that really counts. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the number one characteristic of all of the great leaders anybody can think about is they do what they say. They are all model, right? They lead from from the, from the front. That is, that is really, really uh, important. So uh, you also happen to be like me, a member of the uh, Forbes uh, Technology Council. I think it's a very exclusive uh, club with a lot of benefits. How uh, did you get to um, become a uh, member? Yeah, so I actually, um, somebody actually put in a uh, recommendation for me and then, you know, uh, they accepted, they accepted me and um, to the group and it's been a great experience so far. I mean, uh, just being able to publish articles uh, for the Forbes Tech Council has been great and just write about, it's, just, it's really just writing about business business and technology and it's been great and, and meeting great people like yourself as well. It's been, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, especially yeah. the last one I think is ex extremely great. Now we're gonna come to the part of the podcast where I'm gonna ask you my uh, seven favorite question. Uh, number one is, uh, what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Greatest lesson? Um, well, I think I've learned so many and I feel like I learn new lessons every day. I feel like it never <laughs> stops, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, it kind of just goes into, uh, I think a lot of the lessons I've learned have not been just lessons that I've learned in theory. It's all been in practice. I mean, it's great mm -hmm. to learn. I feel like we all start learning things in theory and then we practice them as we live our life. But, um, a lot of things, you know, you start to apply in your life and, and it starts to resonate when you actually practice them and, one of the biggest things has just been to stick strong to my, to my values and, 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 and virtues in general. Um, I had a conversation with Richard Kramer, which is, uh, he's one of my mentors. Um, I think that, that kind of touches on your uh, question that you posed earlier, but, um, yeah, he's the, he's the chairman and the founder of NEA, the enterprise associates, or, mm -hmm. and, uh, they're probably one of the biggest uh, venture capital groups in the world. Um, he, I mean, bigger than Sequoia, they're just very elusive. It seems like not a lot of people know about them, but wow. if you let you know, I mean, they have like, 
two uh, things like five hundred billion dollars of, of of market that they've created already. That's impressive. Um, portfolio companies. Um, but him, uh, Dick Cranley, Dick Cramlick himself, um, actually invested in Apple. Um, he was their angel investor. He was actually uh, with Don Valentine, the founder of Sequoia. Mm-hmm. Um, he invested alongside him um, for for Apple's uh, seed round. When they raised four hundred thousand dollars, I think he invested <laughs> like two hundred thousand dollars into that round. Wow! So he was the biggest uh, shareholders in. Um, yeah, so I've, I, you know, he's 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 a, he's someone I really look up to, and just somebody that's just by just talking to somebody like that just changes your life by just the way he. You can tell when you you can just tell by the way he navigates things. It's just he's not a he's not a greedy individual. He's he's just a good, virtuous, um, just kind guy. Just very selfless individual. So I think that having conversations with guys like that have allowed me to see business in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when, when you kind of get this idea that business, sometimes it's, it's all about selling and, and, and putting, putting products and services down people's throats and, and all this stuff. And, and you hear all these stories, but then you, you know, as you get older and um, you start realizing that, that it's about by creating value and, and really uh, treating people the right way. And it's just, I know it sounds nuanced, but it's crazy how all the top leaders, they really are like just very, very good people, which is sometimes people don't, people think that all these billionaires running around, they're not, but they really are. That's the reason they're there. I mean, they've treated people right for so long that um, they're just, they're still here, you know, and, and um so that's that. That's my biggest takeaway, and that's my one of my biggest lessons I've learned in the last few years. It was just like how important that is to to really do the right thing, and, and and to not really to not always try to get the upper the upper end on all you know negotiations because you're gonna have to negotiate mm-hmm. all the time. Um, always trying to find the win win and everything, and that's you know, and that that's kind of what you know, something like Dick Cramley practices, and I think just finding that win win, you know, and that, that was yeah. to me it resonated. So. That is so great. You've given us so much uh, wisdom nugget uh, about leadership. I think uh, that mentorship is definitely one of the master secret uh, keys of uh, success for uh, sure. When you find that uncommon um, mentor who sometimes holds you accountable too, right? And kind of challenges you at times. And uh, I also like uh, what you say about business, not just being about money and the bottom line, but actually adding real uh, value. So what do you think is the greatest uh, leadership advice you have ever received? Oh, well, best leadership advice. Um, well, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot. Like I said, I've talked to so many guys, so many people. Um, you know, something that, you know, perhaps, yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, you know, with, I guess I'll touch on something that maybe Dick Cramley has kind of mentioned. Um, he, uh, one of the be- best pieces of advice I've gotten is just to, um, it kind of just touches on the previous question. It's just to always find that win-win, and uh-huh. to create a culture that's set up on on the right values and kind of everything I talked to about. I I, I kind of got yes. I, it was kind of a derivative. What I've gotten from him is just to set to build the right culture in your company based on 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 on, on good values, and uh, and really just you know seeing it as you know, you're creating jobs, you know, that's another thing is that people, founders forget that, or they don't talk about it enough. It's all about revenue and it's great. Revenue is great. That's how you're able to create more jobs, but you really are creating 
jobs and that's so important and i think that yes that's that there's nothing there's i mean i don't think there's any better calling than creating more jobs for people and, and occupation and people to really take care of themselves and their families you know so i think that's really good advice and just looking at business in a different way i think that's you know all these little things that people say that kind of resonate with me kind of allowed me to see things from a different perspective than i originally kind of saw it so that is that is wonderful so question number two uh what are you learning now yeah well i mean i'm constantly learning different things currently what i'm learning um i'm big on is um well i guess what, what can i touch on so um I mean, we're working a lot on optimizing our supply chain right now and cutting costs and basically increasing our profit margins. So I, I am learning a lot about that um, and working with vendors to do that. I'm also just learning, um, I'm constantly learning about, you know, finance and, and how to to make sure that, that you're uh, creating the right deal and, and the right opportunity for, for potential investors. And uh, yeah, I think th those two things are, are big right now. And then just recruiting, um, just creating the right compensation package for people as well and incentivizing them to, to be part of your team. That's a continuous process as well. Um, yeah, things along those lines. Nice. Question number three, how has failure shaped your life? Yeah, this is a really, really good question. Um, I think failure has been my biggest catalyst from the beginning. Um, I don't want to touch on it too much, <laughs> but, you know, I guess I, I'd be considered, you know, kind of an underdog in general, um, but not anymore, maybe. But, you know, when I first started, perhaps I saw myself that way and, you know, realizing that really wasn't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like sometimes what society may deem as a failure, it really is an opportunity to either get put into that corner that society puts you in or you think you got put in because you failed at something or... Yeah. It's an opportunity to to have more context on on, on yourself and, and, and the world and and kind of uh grow from there i think that was that uh it's it's just been a big opportunity when you actually uh when yeah it's just it's just a, a way for you to think in, in a vacuum as well like if you you're going through a hard time you have to really break things down and look at things objectively and and really break it down into pieces that you can actually manage and and not to over I feel like something we do is sometimes we have all these problems. We have all these problems and we kind of overwhelm, overwhelm ourselves. So, so yeah. And, and so for me, like I've been in a lot of different situations just because like I said, I've been a real big explorer of life. I've traveled the world. I grew up in Germany I, I've spent time in China. I've dealt with, with, you know, a lot of my, uh, my, my co-founders, Indians, I've dealt with Indian culture. I've, I've kind of looked at the world from a very global lens. Um, I'm Costa Rican. So I, for me, like I've had this very, I've had, I've had a very explore sort of mindset from the beginning. So mm -hmm. I've tried a lot of things and, you know, some things work, some things don't work. Um, but I don't know. It seems like for some reason or another, like it, you can really transmute that energy of failure, quote unquote, into, into fuel for in, in directing it in something else that may work. And, I don't know. Uh, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, we all fail. Everyone does fail in something. It's just how you process that and, and, and how you move forward. So, Well, I, I really like that. The more things you try, the more opportunities you will have to succeed, especially if you learn from your quote-unquote failures. Yeah. That is really great. So question number four, 
who do you know whom we should know? I know you've already uh, mentioned your uh, mentor. Any other thought leaders our audience should be following? Yeah, well, when it comes to uh, thought leaders, I think um, whom you should know, I think that's, you know, that's a question that uh, you have to find out for yourself. It's something that, you know, and really ties to the previous question. It's 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 really uh you got to do a lot of introspection and, and a lot of uh really being self-critical on the areas which is objective not you know about truly what it is that you need to fix to to be more of an asset to the world and to be able to contribute to the world and based off of that you'll be able to figure out who are the thought leaders that uh you need to be listening to and dialing into whatever area that is deficient right and i don't know what that is i think it's different for every person for me personally, uh, personally, like what I enjoy is a lot of philosophy. Um, so I, you know, a lot of the, the greats. So a lot of people have died already, you know, a lot of the ancients, I like that. Um, but, uh, you know, currently people that are alive, maybe thought leaders that are alive today. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I follow anyone that's alive right now. <laughs> I'm big on the, I'm big on, on the ancients. I don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of great people. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe Dick Cramliff, but he's he's kind of more he's kind of more behind the scenes. You know, he's he's a chairman, right? He's not he's a he's not a lot of those companies like NEA. They they make sure that their portfolio founders get the press. You know, the VC mm-hmm. the VCs a lot of times they don't need the press. You know, they they don't they're not they don't position themselves that way. So I don't know if there's a lot, but actually there, there's probably some some good material that you can watch. There's some interviews and stuff you can watch from him. But yeah, I guess nice. my, my biggest. It's, it's just you got to figure out your own thought leaders that that, that match your the areas that, that you want to grow in so no i i uh, like that actually myself i've been mentored uh from from a distance point by a lot of great thought leaders just by reading their their books or listening to their program and some of them may already be dead but even with the dead they still speak to me and help me kind of figure <laughs> figure things out which is pretty uh amazing now if you could choose three people to have dinner yeah. with who would you choose and why? And it doesn't matter if they are alive now or just from oh, history. Three okay. people you'd like to have dinner with. Um, maybe Descartes, um, Seneca, and uh, probably Aristotle or Marcus Aurelius. One of those guys. That's big three. <laughs> you are a great philosopher. That is that is great. So much wisdom in that. I, I love that. Number five. What have you read that we should read? Uh, what's uh, some of the books you've read? recently um yeah well the one that i've been studying i I don't really think i read them too much i study them a lot is uh meditations by marcus aurelius um which kind of you know i think it's a great book for founders particularly especially if you're planning on growing your company and perhaps you you are a leader that that where your decisions do have a lot of uh financial implications um look into Marcus Aurelius. I mean, cause he was, he was a Roman emperor. So he wasn't just a philosopher. He was a philosopher King and, uh, it's a different perspective, right? Most philosophers weren't ever that wealthy. So some of them kind of sound like pessimists and nihilists, but someone like Marcus Aurelius is interesting that, you know, he was, you know, the most powerful man in the world, but he was still a very kind guy. So I don't know. That's nice. Take a look. Yeah. Take a, take a look. I think it's, I think you guys would be surprised. Great. And I just added uh, a link to uh, his book, uh, Meditation, a new translation 
for just one dollar on Kindle, which is a great, great, great price. So uh, question number six, what have you done that we should do? What is one action you have taken that has positively impacted your life? Hmm. Well, there is a lot of different things, but I think uh, the biggest thing is just to, um, to truly understand yourself as much as you can to figure out the role that, that perhaps contributes the most to your environment, wherever that is. Um, and then, you know, figure out how to grow from there. But uh, I think one way to do it is to, to not be super like critical in, in a negative way, but to in an objective way and, and, and to, uh, to always be open to, to learning and constructive criticism as well. And you, you can dish some of it out or, you know, disc discard it. Some of it you actually implement. Um, but just being honest with yourself and looking at the world as, you know, the, you know, one of the biggest things is just that the future is not decided. No one knows the future yet. You know, I mean, there's so many variables up in the air. It's like a whole, a big chemical reaction. That's what this world is, you know, and you, you are your own chemical that you have control over. So you have some control of that chemical reaction. So, you know, move accordingly, you know, I guess that's my biggest piece of advice on that. Nice. Kind of related to that, then. What What is one action you are thinking about taking you believe will positively impact your life going forward? Can you repeat that question? Oh, one, uh, one action you are thinking about taking that you believe will positively impact your life? One, one action? Mm -hmm. one, one, one thing you, you would like to, to do to improve your life, your, your business going forward? mine or mm -hmm. okay. yes yeah yours. so something that i'm working on is just to continue to be more transparent um just um in general i mean i am a very transparent guy but sometimes in business you, you feel especially when you're an entrepreneur you're you, you're like oh i don't want people to 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 steal my idea and stuff like that in the beginning that's how i was yeah. and i think entrepreneurs are that way that you realize that that's not the case uh, but just just being just being more transparent about it. And, and it's not even about it's just being about allowing people kind of giving people the information they need to make a better decision. And uh, I mean, that's something that's, you know, something you, you there's infinite pro, infinite room for growth. Yeah, I think that's something that, that I've that I've, I continue to work on is just to be a better communicator and, and, and to just align goal, goal alignment. Right. At the end of the day, that's all this is goal alignment. Just try to figure out what's important to you, what's important to the stakeholders, important mm -hmm. to the customers, important company, and then build the product or service that kind of, uh, kind of is the axiom of all that. That's 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 the best thing to do usually. That is that is so so great. One thing I really uh, truly believe uh, in is the uh, Pareto principle, the 80-20 percent rule, and I try to spend uh, you know. Uh, 80% of my time on the 20% of those, uh, what you, you talked about goal alignment, all those things that are going to get me right 80% into the uh, result I am uh, looking for. Whereas I think most people, they spend 80% uh, of, 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 of their time on 80% uh, of activities that keep them busy, but doesn't really move them forward in any meaningful way. So I think that's, that, is, that is great wisdom. So if uh, you had only one day to live, what would be your final contribution, you think? That's a good question. So if I, so if, if I were to die tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would be my final contribution? Yeah, it'd be just because 
I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if if I had already fulfilled my mission, but since I haven't, it would be kind of like pre, you know premature, um, because you know we have a big mission with Pranos and beyond. But um, you know, as of today, yeah, you know, I think I've I've affected a, a lot of people at a at a smaller level, at a micro level, you know, my community, my family, um, hopefully inspired some people, um, but definitely not at the scale that that I'm planning on, but. Um, yeah, so like I said, it'd be a bit, <laughs> bit per, it would be a bit premature, right? But uh, I think just overall, I've always liked to think that I've treated people and I've always liked to listen to people. I, I'm more of a, I ask a lot of questions um, when I'm talking to people. It's when I have conversations, I'm always usually the guy kind of learning more about the other person. Um, and people enjoy that, I think. People enjoy kind of telling people, communicating things that no one else asks them. And that's a huge, a really, actually, that's probably an interesting question because that's one of the best ways to build rapport. It's like everyone's always talking about themselves, telling people, telling people. But if you take a different that's approach, right. kind of inquisitive, people tend to like you more. I mean, I've dealt with so many situations where people are like, I've never gotten that question asked before, <laughs> you know, because people yes. don't even dig that deep because people don't, people talk to each other a very like superficial layer. But mm -hmm. if you get deep, I think you can build real connection with somebody and really start to see that you two are very similar. And that's, that's really the conclusion you'll get to, but you won't get to that until you actually try to ask real questions, not how are you doing today? You know, like really get deep into, into communication. And I think that's how you build real relationships at last. Yeah. I think I call this empathetic listening, right? I think Frank Covey was the one who said most people, they, uh, ask a question and they listen and while they're listening they're actually thinking about the next thing they're going to say so they're not even listening to what the response was right but it says you really need to listen yeah. to uh, to understand not to respond but to actually understand what the other person is, is saying i think that is so uh powerful and so few people do it that when when you do people just think that wow i like to be around you i, I like you better than most people who just know talk about their their own self anything else you want to add that's very true. That's very, very well put. Yeah. Um, anything else I want to add? No, I mean, I think, you know, thanks for having me, uh, sir. I mean, I think uh, it's been fun, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, yeah, and thank you so much for being so generous with, with your time. So the very, very final question is, how can we add value to you? What could we do to make a difference? Um, how you could add value to me or how you could add value to so what was the question again? Uh, yes, how we can add value to you, me and uh, my uh, audience on LinkedIn. What can we do to make a difference? Um, you know, you guys could, you know, add me on LinkedIn and say hi. I love. I'm, I'm always open to meeting new people and, and network, and um, that that's that's good enough with me. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I'm always happy to chat and meet new people. I think that would be the best. <laughs> Well, thanks. Thanks again, David. I really appreciate you uh, taking uh, the time uh, today. Thank you for sharing about your leadership journey. I think those who have listened to us uh, can definitely take a lot of lessons from your experience and be able to apply them and become better leader and uh, achieve a greater level of success. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, BZ. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channels and come back for more wisdom nuggets on how you may develop into a better leader and achieve greater levels of success. Leadership is the most critical skill. The world will always need leaders to lead others, deploy the next disruptive technology, or execute a business strategy. You may as well decide on counting yourself among the 21st century leaders. See you right here next time on the Leadership and Success Podcast with Coach BZ.